Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. A quick note to express our appreciation of our 2021 friends of the program for their continued support. Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com. Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com. Bad Elf GPS, bad-elf.com. Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com. Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com. Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com. Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com. Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays, MentoringMondays.xyz. Monson Engineering, MonsonEngineering.com. Nettleman Land Consulting, NLCPrep.com. Parkland Community College, parkland.edu slash surveying. Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us. Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com. Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com. A little uh, muddy grunge rock to set the tone never hurts. What do you I think? I love it. I love, love it. it. No doubt. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this being the 12th installment of what we call Geoholics Anonymous. We are going to start doing one of these actually once a month moving forward since the response has been very positive, to say the least. So for those of you that don't know, these are basically a super casual, unscripted conversation about topics impacting the geomatics world today and, and to be honest, just life in general, which is kind of the direction we're going with this one this evening. So, PJ, tell us a little bit about that opening number. Sure. That was Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. So, Nirvana was an American rock band formed in Aberdeen, Washington in 1987, founded by lead singer and guitarist Kurt Cobain and bassist Kurt Novoselic. The band went through a succession of drummers before recruiting Dave Grohl in 1990. Nirvana's success popularized alternative rock, and they were often referenced as the figurehead band of Generation X. Nirvana is one of the best-selling bands of all time having sold more than 75 million records worldwide. During their three years as a mainstream act, Nirvana received an American Music Award, Brit Award, and Grammy Award, as well as seven MTV Video Music Awards and two NME Awards. In 2004, Rolling Stone named Nirvana among the 100 greatest artists of all time and were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in their first year of eligibility. That was 2014. You know, man, they were so popular when and I was like a kid. three years. It's unbelievable. Everybody had Nirvana for sure, on. for sure. And I, uh, I of course, got to have a Nirvana story. I, I've never seen them live, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, I did visit the the Cobain house when I was in uh, uh, Seattle a few years ago, uh, where Kurt's death occurred in 1994. And there's still actually some doubt whether it was murder or suicide. I'm not sure they know 100%. And, you know, they got like a bench out front where everybody sits and carves their name into it and stuff like that. So I did that, took some pics, saw a naked guy across the street and actually met Kim Cobain, Kurt's sister, uh, at a restaurant in Sedona of all she places. She was a bartender, right? She was our bartender. Yep. When the lovely Megan and I were up there visiting a few years ago and uh she looks just like him so i mean it, it was pretty wild and of course i'd like google her i'm like am i sure that's that's and sure enough it was her so it's pretty neat i don't want to get lost on a tangent but like why uh, murder or suicide yeah i i've never heard this before yeah yeah i don't think they know for sure whether it was murder or yeah. suicide I don't who, think who did they think murdered him i, I, I think courtney love possibly uh, she was a freaking shit show <laughs> That that was a shit show of a family. No doubt about it, right? You think you got a bad? I know. <laughs> I, I just have a list of problems. 
<laughs> oh my god all right here we are at the uh diamondback land surveying studio gotta plug the studio real quick and of course our good friend trent keenan i like to refer to him it's, uh, it's like my new reference the gift that keeps on giving he's the nicest guy in in in, in this side industry. of the mississippi the and maybe the, the other one too <laughs> in the history of the planet i think he's the nicest guy on both sides of the mississippi <laughs> <laughs> for sure all right real quick usually we catch up with the fellows here just a little bit but you know what there's been a lot of talk lately about ufos and stuff like that you know the military there's all this information coming out and um dan bongino a big fan of dan bongino he was talking just recently about something big is getting ready to be announced when it comes to ufos so first of all pj do you believe in ufos i do and wasn't there they didn't they announced something over like this past six months or something where they the pentagon said some sort of validity to some some video remember that mm-hmm. and yeah. people kind of just like kind of went by it was during like the obelisk like type time period. So yep. I believe it. I totally believe in it. And I don't know if that's, I truly believe in it, but I want to, I yep. think it'd be cool. Totally agree. Well, yeah, uh, okay. So I'm going to be the contrarian <laughs> and say, if, if there was something out there that would be smart enough to get here, wouldn't they? We aren't ready us? yet. We aren't ready. No, they would dominate they us. They would just come in and be like, okay, we're in charge. Now we managed to, fly how many millions of miles and we're just going to dominate you guys. Or they're just like, this is not even a challenge. They're just sitting Man. back watching us just uh, like do- dominate ourselves. Seeing what we can oblivion. do. Let yeah. us kill ourselves. <laughs> yeah. and- it's entertainment. <laughs> they might already be here. That one guy, uh, his name's like Elon something. Oh, that Yeah, guy. he could be one. <laughs> he could indeed. You guys did not watch enough X-Files growing up. Like, uh, X-Files is going to answer all those questions Really? For you. Do, do, All do, do, of them. Oh, you oh know what? I, I, I am embarrassed to say, you guys are probably think way less of me. I have not seen one it. episode of the X-Files oh ever. Gosh. Ever. I, I remember it from being a little boy, but not... I remember the theme song more than anything. Yeah. I wonder what show I was watching instead of X-Files. Probably like Baywatch or something. something? I, I would hope Twilight? So Twilight Zone? <laughs> I n- I've never seen one Twilight what? Zone ever. Now that one oh just freaked gosh. me out. Yeah, I guess I guess sheltered in some Nothing ways. Nothing at all. What about yeah. you? Do you believe? Sign me? Yeah. In UFOs? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, he knows they're here. No question. He's one of them. Yeah. But we didn't land on the moon. Uh, we did not land on the moon. You're okay. right. But Just I do to... believe in UFOs. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Thank all you right. for doing that, Jake. You're welcome. <laughs> Before we get in trouble, let's go a little, let's get move on here. So let's go on to the uh, safety apparel, safety share, and other things to worry about. Other Shoot. things to worry about. What are you I'm going gonna, with tonight? I'm going to go with the uh, top 10 things that... People worry about, and what would you say, number one, Jake? Probably money. Uh, that's number two. Uh, if Help. my shirt is wrinkled. If you, that's number uh, eight. Uh, <laughs> that's number nine, our appearance. Bing. Appearance, yes. I knew we, it. We got number one is work. Number two is money. Three is being late. That's like number 48 on my list. A friend or relative's health. Yeah, that, that one does add up our own health so you worry about a friend or a relative's health before your own yeah uh, yeah i could see that yeah, I, I could go. i could see that too okay well, especially if you're a guy you're so freaking stubborn you know you don't yeah. go to the doctor yeah. ever you know never yeah and then number six relationships seven missing a plane or a bus who the hell rides a bus <laughs> Number eight, not waking up to our alarm. Or yeah. not waking up, period. Period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine is our appearance in my shirt being wrinkled. And then 10 is our family safety. Yeah, those are good ones. I can't, I can't argue with them, honestly. Yeah, I feel right. like number one shouldn't be work. 
No, I, 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 I guess what though that ties in beautifully with this evening's show. Yeah. Good segue, actually. Yeah. That's a good segue. Absolutely, Absolutely. message. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason, boys. All right, uh, sh- thank you for that shoots. Absolutely, yep. Good idea with that. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's like it's like somebody else told me to do that. <laughs> All right, let's get on with this. Our guests this evening, we've got Forrest and Craig, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, so really, if you guys would just go name, you know, maybe your current job and describe your life to date in one word. So Craig, why don't you go first? Hey, Craig Campbell uh, from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Current job is I'm the uh, founder, owner, and operator of G3 Tech Sask Limited, a GPR and non-destructive testing company. Life in one word, unscripted. Oh, that's a good one. Good one. Good one. I like it. Leaving it open-ended. For sure. Uh, Forrest, top mm. that. My name is Forrest. That's, that's a good start right there. <laughs> uh, I topped it right there. Yep. So my name is Forrest Sim. I am the uh, owner of Enhanced Scanning. Uh, we do ground-penetrating radar, other non-destructive scanny type of services i'm also the founder of the gpr consortium which is a uh trade association an international trade association for gpr professionals which is super close to getting off the ground here um if my if enhanced scanning weren't so busy then it would have been off the ground a long time ago Hmm. um so i am the i'm the head dude at enhanced scanning and um a word to describe my career professional life thus far would be like sporadic. Mm, I can relate to that. Unscripted sporadic. and sporadic. Totally relate to both those things actually. <laughs> um, okay. So w- we got a bu- couple different things we want to touch on, but you guys both have uh, involvement in ground penetrating radar. And it's, it's something that I know has been around for quite some time. I worked for a stew company for a while and that's kind of when I got introduced to it. Um, but let's talk at least a little bit about that, if you would. So tell us, tell us a little bit about um, the value that GPR provides. And I know that's probably a very broad question, but uh, Forrest, I'm going to let you start with that. Okay. Um, I mean, Craig, Craig has been doing this longer. I think Craig has got a better, All right, Craig, Craig, better you, experience. You start us it, off, Craig. Forrest, we're cutting you off. Craig, you're <laughs> up. <laughs> Craig, totally that I, I had a 50-50 chance, and I chose the wrong one. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, tell us what so you know about GPR. <laughs> well, basically, you know what? You can go in and then uh, if you choose things correctly, you can non-destructively easily get a three-dimensional image through just about any any surface other than steel. So it's pretty widespread, everything from graveyards, landfills, ice mapping, ponds to concrete. So it's uh, really, really universal. Yeah, it's just that you have to know its limitations in order to gather things correctly. So talk about those limitations. I always think it's important that uh, you know that going into using any new technology. So many people think when they go in there that we can, that it takes no time at all. They're like, okay, we'll just scan the whole, just scan the whole building. I want to know where conduit goes. It's like, well, the detail it requires, you go to the limitations are like, it doesn't go through steel. Up where I'm from, there's a lot of clay. Doesn't go through clay. You know, un, uh, uncoupling off the ground, as soon as you get some airspace in there, you start to lose frequency. 
the frequency dies considerably with a lot of variables around it. And the higher the frequency of the antenna you put on, the higher the air emissions you're putting in and the more you're introducing to obscure your readings. So then it comes fully into interpretation of what is truly are you reading and what are just reflections. Yeah, it's a, most people, you know, I, I, I describe it as, remember the very first Matrix where uh, Neil walked in and he was watching Tank and Tank was watching that screen with all the numbers go down? And he's like, hey, what are you looking at? And he goes, well, you know, there's a blonde, there's a brunette, you know, he's picking it out. And uh, that's the way I describe it. The two contractors come up and they look at the screen and they just shake their head. Like, I don't know. Like, what are you looking at? I'm like, well, there's a void, there's a this. And yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, obviously it sounds like it's something that like I couldn't just go grab a GPR unit, go out there and start like locating or marking things. You have to know what the heck you're looking at. How do, how do people learn this? How do they, how do they learn this, this craft, let's call it? You know, when I first got into it in 2007, I heard of the technology. Uh, I researched and I found sensor and software. A Canadian company was one of the world leaders at the time. I, uh, they came out, they trained me. I spent three months burying things in the sand, scanning everything I could. And it was just trial and error and figuring things out. Uh, and even still 14 years later, I still come across things that are head scratchers that are still learning curves. That's yeah. Like it's, it's a lot of boots on the ground of just coming up against every different scenario and, you know, great things like what's forced to setting up the, uh, global consortium of getting in touch with other professionals, soundboarding things like foreign that's force. And I've talked back and forth me and other professionals have just, have you come across this? What have you done? So sharing knowledge, but then that, that being said, we hold our knowledge really tight to our chest because it is what keeps us viable. So, you know, you want to share some, but then again, you know, this, this is kind of our job protection too. For sure. Uh, Forrest, you want to take it from there? Sure. I mean, you know, there are, um, I mean, GPR is a, uh, is a great tool for what it does well, which is a stupid thing to say, but, uh, but it's also true. I mean, you know, a screwdriver is awesome until you try to hammer a nail in with it. Um, (laughs) And so it's got, it's got the things that it does well, that, that it does really well. And, and then, you know, within that, there, there are those core um, uh, scenarios uh, wherein it's going to just perform beautifully as you expected. Uh, on the fringes of that, it's going to be kind of a hit or miss. And then outside of that, it's a like, dude, why are you doing this? Why are you even trying? Um, and so it, it takes what probably takes the most. Uh, there could be an argument made that a lot of the training that you have to uh get is just understanding where your job lies. Is it squarely in the middle of the services that GPR will be able to perform well, or is it kind of on the fringe or is it way off out in left field? Um, I think that uh, um, uh, there are certainly exceptions to this, but uh, I've had a lot of different jobs and um, uh, there are certainly exceptions, but I think that a lot of jobs, um, you could do 80% of most people's jobs after like a half hour of training. Um, and then, 
But then that other 20%, that's where the like, okay, this is where you're going to be figuring out who is, which guys have all the education, all the training, all the experience, and which guys have just been winging it. Um, And with GPR, probably like most jobs, you might not really know when that that 20% comes into play. So you could go out to, there are some jobs that I've gone to where the, where I'm scanning concrete to find rebar uh, or post-tension cables. And the concrete is just super easy to see, extremely clean. The hyperbolas are just perfect. Um, And I could train a guy in like 10 minutes how to do most of what I'm doing out there. But I could go over to the next area that my customer wants to do a saw cut on and start scanning over there. And as Craig put it, it's a real head scratcher. Like I'll, I'll spend 10 minutes on one spot and an hour on the next one because, uh, because it's just completely different. So it's like anything. I think, uh, there are a lot of days when you just feel like, man, this is going through pretty, going pretty well. And then the end of the day, you hit this job that just really just boggles the mind. And, um, uh, so it, and training comes from all sorts of different places. Like, Craig got training like sensors and software is yeah, a fan, fantastic um, player in the, in the industry. I don't think anybody is going to look at sensors and software and say anything, but you know, that, the, that they're, they're just a, a, a real market stronghold. Um, and so that's, that's fantastic. Solid training that Craig got there. I, I got into the industry by being hired. I, I had a career that was, or I had a lot of background in sales and stuff. So I was picked up by a company that wanted to have me, they taught me the technical side of GPR, but they sent me to a market where they wanted to uh, grow it. And so they thought, well, let's teach a salesman the technical side of things and um, see how it goes. And it went, went pretty well. Yeah, I can see. I can definitely see some parallels there with uh, with Lansbring. To be honest with you, because like I like what you said when, like, if you if you get a perfect world scenario where you know, like you mentioned the one about scanning the concrete for you know rebar and stuff like that, <clears throat> when everything's working perfectly and you can teach somebody to do that in ten minutes. Same thing with survey. You know, you can teach somebody to do a topo in fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. but then you have those complex boundary surveys that you know that you're not going to learn that in 15 20 minutes half hour you know that takes years and years of experience so i get one thing i'm curious about so with this technology and when you guys are providing these services um what kind of liability do you take on by by doing this uh taillight liability <clears throat> when you can't see my taillights anymore <laughs> that's it contracts <laughs> over <laughs> oh man that's no you funny. know what uh Pretty much, you know, we're non-destructive testers. We are not seeing what we're doing. It's really rare. I don't know for us, but it's a really rare case that we actually come back after the coring has happened, after the cutting has happened, after the ground oh, disturbance has happened. Rare. Yeah, like rare. we're usually off the site, gone on another site, another you know, another state, another province away. And I don't know, for us it's the same. Imagine you are, but you know, a day later or a week later, you get a phone call from that contractor. And you can just shiver up your spine. Yeah, the first thing, the floor drops out of your stomach, and you're like, "Why are you calling me? Uh, Why are you calling he's like, me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we mismarked something. You hit a gas line. Yeah. What, what happened? And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh yeah, no man, it's great. We expanded the area. Can you come back? And yeah, you're just we like, to, we want to give you more money. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then there are the times when it's like, dude, you said that. And then, um, and then, yeah, it turns into a like, all right, let's, uh, my personality is such that I'm very, very much like, I, I don't have any problem saying sorry for stuff. Like I apologize for stuff. That's not even my fault. You know, my kid tripped and I'm like, oh man, I'm so say, sorry. He, oh, he sounds like a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah, but I don't say sorry or project. I say things like project and sorry. You know, <laughs> but, um, but you know, so I, I had to get over that uh, where a customer calls me up and says like, hey, we hit something. My instinct used to be, oh, I'm so sorry, man. Oh, man, I, I, I'm so sorry. And in reality, some of the times, uh, you know, I'll go back out to the project um, figure out what's what's going on and sometimes it's just a oh the guy running the excavator was just he, he just wasn't paying attention to what he was doing he's digging right on top of our lines yeah of course you hit something and so um, concerning the liability and stuff it's tough because if you hire a framer to come out and build a wall so many feet high so many inches thick so many feet long um it's either built to specifications or it's not. It's kind of a like, well, did you do the job or you did? Did you not? For what Craig and I are doing, we're trying to interpret like uh, static on a screen, Squig- squiggles, yeah, squiggles, and static <laughs> and beeps and zips, and trying to figure out like if there's a pipe under there or a tank or a void, <laughs> and um, it, there's interpretation yeah. involved there. There's yeah. no interpretation with is this wall two specifications? And so uh, sometimes the interpretation is wrong. It just it just happens. Sometimes you make a mistake. Sometimes the technology is just not to a point where, like Craig was saying, like if you've got waterlogged clay uh, all the way to the surface of the ground, and uh, and you're trying, and so I mean, if you have something a scenario like that, uh, you're just not going to be penetrating into the ground very far. And that's not because you're a bad locator. That's because it's not Star Trek yet. Mm. You don't. You're not in orbit with your Starship Enterprise, and you're able to just press a button and see to the center of the Earth. So, I'm, but that's coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it probably is. How does this technology tie into typical Sioux services? You know, like level A, B, C, and D locates. Yeah, you know what. Uh, Line locates in general, basically, this is an added service. In most cases, you get out and you can understand utilities with EM surveys and do line locates with an RD or something like that, you know, a ditch switch. And you can get in and you can see, because, you know, the biggest thing a guy taught me years ago was the biggest tool you can use is your eyes. As you walk out and you just look around and take a look before you pull the tools out of the truck whatsoever take a look around the site and try evaluate what's going on you know if there's a building it's getting the key you know gas power data find how these are getting there and they're going from point a to point b conduct the survey and then the voids in between that you cannot determine if there's something going on then you can pull out the gpr the other technologies and stuff like that and fill the spaces in between and fill the gaps but uh yeah, so it's like it's you know I coined the phrase advanced line locating because I go out there with line locator, I got the duct rotter, I got cameras, I got zones, I got thermal imaging, I got a GPR. You know we can bring everything, every arsenal out there. It just depends on what the contractor wants to pay for too. Mm. Lots of times it's like 
okay, we just need this located and they got a $500 budget. It's like, well, you know, I'm not going to blow a day with a whole crew out there, but I'm also not going to leave until the area is safe. And I'm going to be transparent about that and tell them, Hey, this is what we can do within this time frame. These are your, uh, your wants. This is what I can get. This is my budget to do it. Accept it or not, you know? You know, the quality levels are really interesting because they, um, I mean, in the U.S., you know, we've got the QL, A, B, C, and D, um, which is the same in, it's at least the same in the U.K. I don't know if it's, um, if what they do in the U.K. is the same as what they do in the rest of Europe. But at least in the U.K., I, I, I know what they're doing there. And they, they're, um, they're a lot more hardcore into the, the quality levels, the PAS 128 is what they follow over there. That's um, it's just a very um, uniform. It's just ubiquitous. Everybody follows it. Everybody knows about it. Every, everybody does it. And they have so many more classifications for us. Um, and, and actually maybe you might be able to shed some light on this. You haven't worked for a suit company, but um, I believe in the U S uh, we really just have, is it QL quality level a b c or d there aren't really any sub classifications there um whereas in the uk they have like ql ql a or qlb uh 3.27 and they just they get into a lot of detail and every uh aspect of that classification is going to mean something in terms of how you you know uh what you utilize so if it's qlb which is what uh craig and i do if it's quality level B, then um, they'll have different uh, clarifiers for, okay, well, what non-destructive testing methods do you use? What electromagnetic means were there? Was it a pipe locating wand? Was it ground penetrating radar? Both. Was it a magnetometer? Um, what all did you use? In the U.S., I've never, not once, I've, I've been doing this for about five and a half years. I've never had a customer uh, ask me, hey, what quality level do you guys use? Hmm. do uh, are you guys qlb are you QL, qla what um in fact i've only ever had a customer I, I could count on one hand i mean one hand that's gone through a meat grinder the number of times that i've had a customer who even knew what ql quality levels were hmm. wow so, so who are your clients most of the time is it contractors? Is it is it developers? Is it civil designers? I mean, who 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 are utilizing yeah. your services? Engineers, a lot of engineering yeah. firms, uh, environmental engineers, contractors. Yeah, generally it goes to the contractor or the trade. You know, like say uh, the general gets it, but uh, the plumber needs the coring, so the plumber will contract me. And while I'm there, the electrician's like, "Hey, while you're here, core for the electrician." Right. Generally, yeah. those. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much the same thing for you, Forrest? Yeah, engineers, I mean, various engineers, geotechnical engineers, environmental engineers, civil engineers, structural engineers, um, various engineers, and then uh, general contractors, electricians, plumbers. Gotcha. Those are most of my customers would be in one of those categories. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, good to know. Good to know. And, and more and more people are buying into... The, this technology and the, and the results that it, that it uh, provides? You know, I think with the uh, liability going up and the safety going up and the engineers having a bigger say yeah. 
in what can be done in a building, those things are pushing our industry. If it wasn't for that, you know, a contractor to go in, he would save the 500 to 2000 bucks and they would just cross the fingers and cut. But, you know, they don't want the red tape. They don't want all the problems that take place when uh, a line strike happens. The cost of the time, the downtime isn't worth it, you know? So basically it's like hiring us is like paying insurance. You know, we may clear, we may not, but you know, Mm -hmm. the smart contractors realize over the long term, we are cost saving them as opposed to costing them. And they'll put it on the bid every time because they're like, you know, I don't don't want to have the the probability of a strike. Yep. There are always some good old boys who will say like, yeah, whatever. If I, if I hit something, I'll fix it and then just move on. I think there are probably always going to be some of those guys, but, um, but I think more, I mean, just in the five and a half years that I've been in the industry, uh, the, I've seen an increase in, uh, like safety directors, uh, just existing more and taking more of a role. In fact, when we, (laughs) I train my guys that, Hey, when you go in and do a sales call, uh, safety directors are like the best guys to talk to. Because you tell them, hey, we're going to be reducing your line strikes. And then they just, that's just a buzzword for them. Like, yep. oh, yeah, this is awesome. And they have a lot of sway in saying that, hey, look, uh, this is a safety issue. I'm over safety. All you project managers, you are going to have uh, Forrest and his crew come out and scan every time before you uh, before you have a ground disturbance at all. Yep. In fact, like helping companies develop ground disturbance policies is something that's done sometimes and so yeah safety directors are are huge <laughs> we love those guys yeah i'm sure i'm glad you went that way because that was the next thing i was going to bring up was safety so i'm glad you touched on that um before we move on uh for she mentioned earlier you touched on the uh the gpr consortium um i want to give you an opportunity to promote that just a little bit yeah so the gpr consortium it's gpr-consortium.org um oh dot com Oh shoot! It's both. You got both. You could get that. <laughs> Either way, you'll get anyway, there. The GPR consortium. So the um, uh, uh, so that's when I two and a half years ago when I started my own company, uh, left a large company, started my own. I realized that one of the things that I really missed was the ability to be able to um, collaborate with others. You know, if I come across something that's weird, I want to be able to call my buddy who's in some other, you know, who's in the company, but some other state and say, Hey, have you ever run across this before? Hey, how would you handle this type of a site? Um, or, or even taking a picture of some data and saying, Hey, what's you ever seen this before? Um, and then all of a sudden I didn't have that and I missed it. So I started very actively trying to create my own network of these guys, um, guys and gals of these professionals. And, um, uh, and that started, you know, I just had it as like a group in my phone. Um, but as I, uh, as I kept talking to them and asked them like, Hey, have you ever talked to this guy over in this part of the country or this guy over in the UK or somebody up in Canada? And they say, no. And I, I put, put people in touch and just realized like, man, there, there's gotta be some trade association we could join that could facilitate that. Turns out there's not. So um, nothing for GPR. Now there's Euro GPR. Euro GPR is is a great uh, a great association that um, is in Europe. Uh, there are members 
of the association outside of Europe, but it's it's fairly Eurocentric from what I understand. It's a little bit different purpose than what the GPR consortium is. GPR consortium is meant to be very practical for the guy in the field, for the for the GPR practitioner in the field who needs to, you know, we have a learning center that we're developing there that has uh, articles on, uh, you know, things that you could consume in five to 10 minutes, kind of like Wikipedia type articles on um, one aspect or another that has to do with uh, ground penetrating radar, or even some technologies that are often coupled, dovetailed with uh, GPR. Um, these are things that you could, like I said, consume in five to 10 minutes that'll help you be a little bit better tomorrow. Just give you some continuing education. There forum to be able to um, uh, discuss, collaborate on on points. Some of that stuff happens on LinkedIn, but it's also just in this huge ether of like everything else going on. Mm-hmm. And this is just just focused on GPR. We have some industry vendors who are giving discounts for consortium members and stuff. So, um, you know, they're we we uh there we have a board of directors there's andy kitson and jan frankie and i who are who are on this board running the consortium and we've got some ideas for how it's going to go and we're going to see if those ideas are on track or if it kind of ends up growing into something a little bit different gotcha it's it's amazing there wasn't anything out there already i mean you know kudos to you for uh you know for for starting this i mean that's awesome um and, and there's, there's so much you can do with it i'm sure uh, what was I going to ask you? So is it like a, is it a membership thing? I mean, how, how, how can people support, support that effort? Right. So it's a membership thing. So there's okay. a basic free membership that just, uh, you still apply for membership. Basically, if you have any interest in GPR, uh, then, you know, your, your membership's going to be, uh, accepted. Your application will be accepted, but there's a basic free membership that gives you access to some basic parts of the site. And then paid memberships to give you access to, to more of the site, including membership uh, exclusive discounts on, on services and things like that. So, um, so yeah, there you go there, and you fill out an application and stuff. Um, it, we have, I mean, I could go on and on about it. We have, like I said, we have some ideas for how we think it'll grow. Um, we're, we're really hoping that the community on LinkedIn, the community has been very behind this, gotten a lot of support behind it. Um, it <laughs> I feel fairly embarrassed that it's not up and running right now. Uh, the GPR consortium isn't making me any money. It's taking a lot of money to, to start up and build. So I have to focus on enhanced scanning and on building this. Right. As soon as I get it up and off the ground, I, I mean, ready for people to actually um, become members, then it's going to have some momentum. It's going to be fairly self-sustaining. But right now, just getting all the bugs worked out, it just has to take a back burner to things that put food on my table and my For employees' sure. tables. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where once you get it up and running and you start providing value, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really fun, though. I, I yeah. absolutely love it. That's part of the torture of it is that I'd love to do nothing more than like just work on that thing. I would, I would find it very, very rewarding. I love – building and developing uh, relationships with people. That's basically what the consortium is. Consortium is just an extension of my personality where I love working with other people and getting to know them, getting to know things that they could teach me, maybe teaching them. 
and just collaborating. I love it. So it it's like something I'm passionate about. Classic adding value and making friends. <laughs> I love it. I was going to say, that sounds like Kent every day. <laughs> Can't we just do this podcast and, and have it and make nothing us else. money? And, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I'm, I'm glad we had that conversation about GPR. And hopefully once this episode gets released, it generates some new excitement about the technology and drives some people to your website and to you guys you know, individually. So that's awesome. Um, we always ask our, our guests if there's anything specifically they want to talk about on the show. And you guys talked amongst yourselves before the show and you came up with this idea of discussing uh, work-life balance. And I think it's a really good topic, especially in the world we live in right now and the insanity that, in, that exists. Um, so let's talk about just here for a few minutes. Um, so I'd be curious, I mean, how, how do we define work-life balance first and foremost? I mean, Craig, do you have an answer for that? Uh. It's it's a razor's edge we're walking on all the time, you know, being a, a business owner, an entrepreneur, and knowing that every call that comes in potentially, you know, I have to facilitate it. I have to, you know, take a breath, be on my game, answer it correctly, because that is my livelihood. But at the same time, it's like, you know what, uh, my son's sitting beside me, I'm taking him to the football practice, and, you know, I got to cut a conversation short to take a work call. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky line to walk. And I think you got to try to create some boundaries no matter what, and you got to stick to them. And I think over a period of time, your, most of your clientele will learn to understand the, the boundaries that you work within, you know, uh, your nine to five, whatever it is. And if you provide your added value, they will respect that. So yeah, no forest. Uh, what do you got on that? Uh, I so I don't um, I don't believe that uh, a a balanced uh, work life and a balanced personal life exists. I I I, uh, I don't believe that. In fact, it's like a, I think of it this way: like it like a teeter totter. If you're standing in the middle of a teeter totter with the fulcrum right below your legs, I mean, you're never really going to be fully in balance. You're always going to be pushing a little more here, a little more there you're always going to be like slightly out of balance one way or the other. When I'm on vacation with my family, uh, then I mean, I'm trying very much to neglect my work. When I'm working, I am neglecting my family. Uh, there are weeks when I have, when I, uh, last summer, um, I was, I was ramping up to make my first hire and I was extremely busy. I was doing 120 to 130 hours a week. Um, just very, very busy. And, you know, that was a couple of months where my family was very much neglected. I was in very close contact, like very close communication with my wife on this though. I mean, we, this wasn't, this wasn't a surprise for her. This was a honey, these are the steps that I see coming up here. This is, this is probably what it's going to require from the family and from me. Um, but it's also going to be for about this duration, I think. And so there was a lot of communication there. So, um, so it wasn't a surprise for anyone, but, um, but you know, that, that was really tough. And now on the opposite side of that, there are weeks now when, uh, when I don't work nearly as much and I'm able to spend more time with my family. So, I mean, it's, I think that a work-life balance is never achieved and it's constantly a, a back and forth. Yeah. But I think it's fair to say also that, 
defining work-life balance, it, it, I mean, it changes as you progress throughout your career. Because like when you're, you know, just getting started in whatever career or profession you're in, I mean, you are working double time to establish yourself and set yourself up for success. When when that's happening, of course, like, like you mentioned, Forrest, you know, your personal life and what happens there is being neglected. And then as you move along in your career and you're advancing, you get to a certain point where you've positioned yourself to... You can delegate. Yeah. That's, you, your, that's your key word, buddy. To, yeah, you hire the right people, you delegate, and then you're able to you know, spend more time with your family and that type of thing. But the so, way Forrest put it, uh, he communicated with his wife yeah. and that that is yeah. gigantic yeah. i can't even tell you how much for sure i can respect that um let me ask you guys a question with mental health <laughs> and that this is a big thing with me how how has the pandemic affected us craig go ahead myself personally you know no knocks to anybody the businesses you know i understand the struggles going on there it's actually been a bit of a blessing in a way before that, you know, we had five years of a boom where like, you know, I relate to Forrest, you know, 120 hour weeks and stuff like that of going on and neglecting my family. And for what, you know, my boy's turning 14 years old and uh, finally the pandemic hit and I realized, yeah, the, the gross income is down, but there has been more times than not, I can go into a weekend and take a look and realize I'm caught up and actually start to have some personal time and some personal space. And I think it's been the best for my personal health just to step away. And you know what? You, you always got that excuse. It's like, you know, well, I can't go out. Sorry. You know, <laughs> I can't meet up. So I'm an introvert myself. So it makes it quite easy. You know, I don't have to say that excuse anymore. It's like, okay, man, I just need some personal space. I can chill out and it's accepted now. Another thing I saw with the pandemic that I think is a huge blessing is how much social time is taking place with families now, you know, with meals being cooked together and uh, maybe not so many sporting events. So I've never seen so many people on bikes. Like I know Forrest, if you found this, but I, I can't, it's tough to buy sidewalk chalk anymore. Sidewalk chalk, you know, that we use so much for drawing our yep. GPR lines on concrete. Mm. Is like, man, just about had to go to the black market last year. Wow. Well, Craig, that's because... To buy some because there's so many people out. Yeah, well, I mean, in California, I mean, it's kind of a... They're used to supplying that year-round because we have perpetually good weather. Whereas in Canada, I mean, like, you guys have this, like, surge of, like, well, the sun's out. And then they're, like, just huge, like, <laughs> buying spree of chalk. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, but, I, mean, I, but I get what you're saying. I don't know if it's the same type of sidewalk chalk, but um, you know, like during the the heat of the pandemic, so many kids were at home and parents were just going crazy trying to figure out ways to keep them occupied. So they go out and they buy up all the sidewalk chalk and <laughs> they're decorating the the driveways. You know, same thing with bikes. I and mean, when the pandemic was oh my goodness. was like really, you know, in and we're in the middle of it here, you couldn't find a bike. No, it was it was impossible. crazy. And and I think you mentioned something that really kind of struck me. You know making time to spend in your personal space. Well, even our personal space has changed. It used to be that your personal space might be at home. Well, now so many people are spending so much time at home working. The personal space is no longer at home per se. It's out of the house doing something else. You know, <laughs> your really personal bizarre. space is at work. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So let's talk about like ways we can at least work to achieve a decent work-life balance. And these are some things I, you know, just poked around the internet and stuff like that. And some of the suggestions that I came across, first and foremost, you know, find a job that you love. 
Easier said than done, of course, but it's something we can definitely shoot for. Is that something you would agree with, Forrest? Um, uh, <laughs> um, Kent, we don't know each other super well, but uh, no, I yeah. don't. All right. I, don't, I don't agree. So uh, respectfully, I see that differently. Um, I've had so many different jobs doing all sorts. So Kent, I sent you that, my, my bio, which looked like, like, a like pickup sticks with like every stick having like a different random name for a job on it. Yeah. So, um, uh, what I found with so many different jobs that I've had, most of the, uh, I've loved, I've truly loved like one or okay. Like one of those jobs, maybe two. Um, all the others, I loved that I was able to support my family in that job. I don't define myself by what I do for eight hours a day. And so the fact that I was doing something that was just lame, I had a job where I was running a, pre- a pet crematorium. Have you ever, uh, this is a rhetorical question, unless you could answer in the positive, the affirmative, have you ever uh, manhandled a dead Rottweiler that weighs 120 pounds and in like out of a truck onto a pallet to weigh it and then into a crematory and then checked on it every once in a while to see how well it's burning. Or have you ever like worked doing a medical waste incineration? That's like a hard literally pass. burning, literally burning buckets of blood and like amputated limbs and lab rats and smelling that uh, it, it's hard. It was hard for me to love those jobs, but uh it didn't matter because I, I, I focused so I, I still to this day focus so heavily on my family life, on my home life. What I went out and did just didn't matter all that much. I mean, I needed to make enough money to support my family. But so I disagree with the point that you need to love what you do. I loved my family. Great perspective. And just real quick, I got, I got to run through his, uh, his list of jobs here. Oh boy. It's freaking hilarious. <laughs> uh, fine furniture duster, lawn mowing, uh, lawn mowingologist, cashier on the summit of Pikes Peak, toilet cleaner, toilet paper stocker in Garden of the Gods, park ranger in Garden of the Gods, outdoor adventure leader guy, selling pest control, servicing pest control, commercial laundry manager, seller, delivery driver, insurance salesman, pet cremator, I guess that is, as he mentioned, burner of buckets of blood, rats, legs, <laughs> ground penetrating radar technician. Now we're getting to the serious stuff. Uh, yeah. uh, no, there is nothing more serious than burning buckets of blood. I, I will tell you, I, sir, I, like yeah. that, that's a smell that will never leave my nostrils. I, yeah, I can't even imagine. And I mean, based on what you said, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I don't, don't get me wrong, but I, I do think that you're probably in the minority. I think that most people, if they despise their job, their work-life balance is completely out of balance. I, I would like, have to believe. I feel like my resume is just lacking at this point. You're just boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had go, like go, six jobs. And <laughs> go cremate something. Yeah. For God's sake. Think of, do you know how much I admire you for that? Uh, my dog's uh, you, my dog's fifteen have, years old, so send him send him to forest. Yeah, you have stability. No. Stability. That's not something that I've had for most of my adult life. Mm. Is vocational stability, yeah. and I admire that so much. Yes, I have a colorful resume, but I would trade it for stability and heartbeat. 
But at the same time, you've made the best of that. And, you know, like you said, found strength in your family. He's had right? some hell of I stories, have. though. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Craig, Craig, what's your view on that? Just out of curiosity. No, I have to agree. You know, like, I don't think you're going to find the job you love, but you got to find love in what you're doing. Yeah. And you got to find the purpose in why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. If you can find the purpose in why you're doing any single thing you do, like for myself too, you know, love of my family, coming home to my son, providing it and, you know, making a life that hopefully would be better for him. Mm-hmm then, you know, I'll take pride in the job I did. You know, whether I've got my car hearts, I'm covered in dirt, you know, renovating a house, whatever it is I'm on the side doing, I'll take pride in that I created, uh, you know, my client appreciated what I did and I have the income. I can come home. I can make a nice meal for my son. I can have those few moments in between where, you know, I make him breakfast in the morning or I go to his football game, you know, and that's the work-like balance I find. It's like, you know, it's not... um, you know, I don't get three weeks off in the summer or something, but I had 30 minutes where I had breakfast with my son. So, okay, that's a win. You know, I got to pick him up from school. That was a win. You know, maybe when he's busy doing his homework, I'm back on the computer processing. So, you know, it's never really shut off, but just to try to find little, little segments here and there that uh, make it worthwhile. Yeah, and I like the way you put that, you know, those those incidents that you just mentioned and you called those wins, right? I think, you know, stacking up those wins throughout the day, throughout the week, um, that just contributes to a better work-life balance. But you oh, have to absolutely. really pay attention to those and really really value those, those, you know, those wins, however small they might be, for sure. So what about health? I mean, is it, is it I mean, you know, prioritizing your health should be something that we should be focused on anyways. Yeah. But I also think that it, it definitely plays a role in a, uh, you know, a healthy per se work-life balance. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. 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 If you're not taking your, take care of your health, physical and mental, it's, you know, you're going to hit a wall eventually. That's going to take a lot of work to get over. So continually, you know, having rituals of, uh, you know, Myself personally, you know, meditation, I mm. ice baths, certain things, you know, a bit of athletic can just, you know, eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Enough to just get, you know, keep me feeling safe. Craig, look, you're a great dude, but I'd be way more impressed if you were taking ice baths in Miami. I mean, you're taking ice baths in Canada. <laughs> I, just, I just wonder, like, how hot does the water come out? Just, <laughs> I'm just asking. So, so talk about the benefits of an ice bath, though. I have heard a lot about that <laughs> recently. There, there's a lot of health benefits to that, correct? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I don't know if you guys follow Wim Hof or not, but uh, the benefits are so much not, not only physical but mental because uh, what he teaches and what I've learned is, you know, the three main aspects of our reptilian brain of our evolution was our fears and our fears of starvation our fears of, uh, you know, the elements like weather, freezing, and our fears of attack. And we've evolved into a society where those fears are no longer really relevant around, you know, like when most of us in, you know, first world countries, we don't fear starvation. You know, we might fear missing a coffee break. We uh, don't fear attack so much. And so, you know, we go to our comfy home, we put on our clothes. So if you deliberately put yourself into one of those situations, you actually, you pull up the, uh, you know, 
all the uh, testosterones, all the everything that we were designed to be having course through our bodies at all times. And if you do it in a safe environment intentionally, you actually, it actually enhances everything else. And mentally too, it challenges, you know, it's like taking a risk every single day. It challenges you, it pushes you to strengthen your mental ability to, uh, you know, like, yeah, I don't like getting into the ice bath. <laughs> it's my, my brain will go through 6 million scenarios of why I shouldn't, you know, oh man, you better unload the dishwasher, you know, oh man, you should take the garbage while you're going out and, and delay, delay, delay. But to challenge the thought process <laughs> and be in charge of it is one of the hugest aspects yeah, for sure. Uh, wow. So, like the the ice bath. I mean, is that something you do in home? I mean, what, how how do how do you even prepare that? Yeah, you know, like fortunately enough in Canada here, we got six months where it's below zero. You know, it's really cold. <laughs> so, like, how would we do it in Arizona? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've even heard stuff just for like Bullshit. circulation for like oh, when for you're sure. taking a hot shower yeah. before. I mean, this is like a military thing. I guess that's where I read it. It was actually in the same book where they were talking about making the, the values of making your bed every morning was if you're taking a hot shower, you're in there for what ten minutes or something, and then mm-hmm. the last like three or four minutes, you have to turn it cold and finish it a cold. Which is a hard thing to do when you've already had the nice warm shower, yeah. but it's supposed to help your, even you get the, the benefits of the warm water, but then you get the circulation at the end. Mm-hmm. And that change from hot to cold is supposed to, to kind of help out there. Yep. Yep. I've heard the exact same thing. All right. Yeah. Cold showers. Actually, you can do a test. Cold showers. You know, you can do a test, you know, those pH strips you can get from like a water shop yeah. or something to test pH of your, your city, your water. You can test one of those. You go in before you do an ice bath or the breathing technique or something, and you can check your pH and then check it afterwards. And you actually, your acidity drops within your body just from one session. Oh, crazy. So, well, shoots takes like three showers a day. So I do. Maybe you should you start implementing this, like I, one out of three. This cold shower business sounds awful, but I, I'll, give it, I'll give it a shot. Why not? You think you can do it, though, but once you're already in there and the water's already warm and you put your hand on the thing to turn it, you won't do it. Oh, I, I can do it. I'm going to give it a shot. Mind over matter. So what are we at? Wednesday now, that. and by next Tuesday, I'll take a couple what, of cold showers. We want a full report. All right. I'm going <laughs> to Take a video. It. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't done ice baths, but, man, like – I have during COVID, uh, this is going to sound a little ironic. Uh, uh, back in November, I started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and uh, that has that has been absolutely phenomenal because I've just struggled my entire adult life to really find some like consistent way to exercise and to um, uh, just basically just to get my heart rate up. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a fairly physically strong person just genetically that's just the way my body's built but i'm genetically i i also just like gain insulation too (laughs) and if i don't if i don't exercise regularly this is actually in theory in theory if i exercised regularly i bet i wouldn't have as much insulation but i don't have any sample set to prove that out but theoretically that would be true um but man starting brazilian jiu-jitsu i've lost 20 pounds wow and it is, uh, it is amazing. Like there's no, so I am a very heterosexual man, but there's an amazing feeling with having another dude. Like, like, I mean, you are just like, just millimeters from his face. You are trying so hard to choke that guy. Your sweat is pouring all over his face. 
Then you roll over. His sweat's pouring all over yours. You're trying to break his arm. He's trying to choke you out. It's just an amazing feeling. <laughs> there is nothing about that that sounds amazing to no, me. No. So amazing. When, when was the last time that you used 100% of your strength to, uh, to try to control somebody else? I do like that. With my, I do that with my son regularly. My physical strength or my mental strength? <laughs> no, your physical. No, physically. Like, and actually, that's a beautiful thing about this because all day I'll be just like um, I'm just sitting at the computer yeah. doing just mental stuff. When I do go and do uh, jujitsu, then that is just purely physical. This is just me using a hundred percent of all of my like my, my my entire body uh, strength to to try to keep from getting strangled. <laughs> which is which goes back to what craig that. was talking about. yeah for sure <laughs> yep but it's it's not, from being strangled is the the key word of this thing <laughs> yeah so and the arm broken that, oh yeah speaking, when you get close to getting your arm broken you feel that for the next two weeks well yeah speaking of that and we're off topic here just a little bit did you guys see the ufc last weekend Yep. When the guy, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, that uh, it was like the final fight of the prelims mm-hmm. when the guy broke, yeah. hit, broke his arm. His arm. Mm-hmm. Like I looked away so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Ooh. It was bad. It was bad. Um, what was I going to ask you? Luckily, Forrest hasn't been there. Yeah, he's, right. He's too I good. He's there. too good. Oh, I had a I had a black belt, like, like get me real as close as I've ever come uh, about a month ago. And yeah, it was about two, two, three weeks. Wow. In fact, that was a month ago and if I move my arm just right, I can still feel the, the yeah, but it's wow. great. You guys should do it. <laughs> Sounds awful. Like right I'm now. Let's do it right now. Shoots. Yeah. You want to go? You and me, let's go. I'm not selling that. Oh, man. I'll, I'll think about it. Let Jake's going to put me in a triangle. He's going to get me. He, he's got, yeah. he's got the moves. So the rear so, naked choke. I was just yeah. going to say rear naked choke. <laughs> easy, easy on the naked. Easy on the naked. Uh, so Craig, you're going to get a kick out of this. I think being from uh, north of the border, of course, my pre COVID, um, I guess workout was uh, curling of all things. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yep. There's nice. A, there's a curling club here in, uh, in in Phoenix, and long story short, I actually met my wife curling of all things. So you're talking about pushing Harder. a puck over ice, yes. and not like doing this. The, right? No, no, oh, no, the no, no, stones. You, yeah, uh, the stone, the, the sweeping. You have no idea what a workout that is. They're called stones, I don't. right? You're right. <laughs> Stones on, on the yes. sheets of ice. Yes. Hey, those stones are forty-five pounds, mind you. I'm I'm learning the terminology. <laughs> Craig's impressed. You might yeah, not be. I was hoping at least Craig would be impressed. If anybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more thing yeah, on, on this work life. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll circle back on that. Uh, one thing on work life balance, I definitely want to touch on. You know, I think we might actually may have already addressed it. I guess, but with you know, with the pandemic and. People now, for the most part, having uh, a lot of flexibility in their in their jobs, you know, being able to work remotely, what have you. Um, I wonder what effect, and I, I think it's got to be positive, right, on work-life balance, having the flexibility oh, to do that. I mean, it had to be a huge, huge uh, factor in improving work-life balance. I'm back to normal. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. How, how about for you guys? Did, it, did that change at all throughout the pandemic, or have, have your situations pretty much remained the same? Pretty much remain the same for me, you know, like uh, most of our jobs are remote, mm. so it didn't really interfere, you know, mm-hmm. from where we are. I'm going to the job site, you know, they show me where they want the work done. We take care of it, you know, I'd see the contractor afterwards. 
So not too much change there. I'm a single dad. So I bring my son to school, you know, his school didn't shut down. So he goes full time. I drop him off 830, pick him up at 330, less sports. So we bike more. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I didn't personally see a change in my life, but mm-hmm. it was kind of introvert <laughs> before, sure. prior to. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, How about you, Forrest? I'm like, I'm starting a religion for extroverts because I'm so extroverted. Like I'm just starting a church <laughs> if anybody wants to join, but it's, um, so I, I just really thrive off of social situations. So it's been difficult for me in that way that we, mm. we haven't had friends like come over and hang out with us at our house yeah. for a long time. But, um, in terms of being home, so half of, half of 2020, uh, I was basically just in my office because I wasn't in the field anymore. Cause I had, I had guys in the field doing that and I was doing all the behind the scenes stuff. So I, for the first time, I really saw what it's like working out of a home office uh, consistently. And so it was quite, it was quite eye opening, but it was, it was fantastic because I'm, I'm a very high energy person, which is just another way of saying I have ADD you know, that's just, a, you know, that's a deficiency, I guess, having too much energy. So um, I have uh, this, I've got my screens here and uh, all my stuff uh, all around me. And I just have to go and move, go and do stuff. So I'll just like go up through these doors and sneak out there and like tackle my four-year-olds and <laughs> like wrestle around with my kids for like 10 minutes and just like cause some major ruckus and then come back inside here. And I had to communicate better with my wife about the times when that's appropriate because we're also homeschooling our kids. Mm. So there were times that I discovered that were uh, inopportune. Um, so I've learned to uh, strategically like go out there and, and wrestle with the kids for a few minutes and then come back in. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's really great because I'm able to, you know, if I'm working these long days – my kids don't see that, oh, we don't get to see dad. We don't get to hang out with dad for like 12 or 14 hours in a day. It's, oh, like throughout the day, my kids feel like I'm just I'm just hanging out with them the whole day because <laughs> every couple hours, I'll go out and play with them for 10 minutes sure. and then come back in. So even if I work a 14-hour day, it doesn't feel like that for them. It you feels like, oh, dad's around them. the whole time. Yeah. yeah it's great. Yeah, so that 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 uh, that situation has definitely improved your personal work life balance, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Yeah. Um, Shoots, you got anything else on this topic? No, just mental health. Everybody, take care of yourselves. No doubt. Yep. That's a struggle. No question. Oh, that's that's a topic for a whole other show. That that's a whole different show. Which I was going to talk to you about that. Actually, I want to get your buddy Carl back. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw him today. I, I saw him today. <laughs> What's that? I think that I think that people have too much blood flowing to their brains. Really, doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, when you're getting choked out, you try not to tap out for as long as possible. And so, if you if you can. And, you know, so that limits blood flow to the brain. And that's helped my mental health just huh. in. Just we're going to have to test that out. Kent's, Kent's really going like, to test. He's going to choke me out and I'll tap you at gotta the last second. You got to get choked out sometimes. Every once in a while, you just got to get choked out a little bit. 
it's going to help your mental health. That, guaranteed. There's the money. Not the rear naked. NBA. No, not, not naked. <laughs> that, that, that's the mantra. You got to get choked naked. out once in a while. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, I gotta. I guess I have to ask this one now that I've already opened the door. But do you guys have mantras that you live by? Craig, we'll start with you. Yeah, live my life with no regrets. Just jump in. You know, uh, most of the times it's the unknown. We jump right in and trust that I'll figure it out. So yeah, un- live un- with no un- regrets. Un- does he unscripted. It, does he figure it out or unscripted? Oot? Figure it out. <laughs> figure dude that's what i say figure dude <laughs> figure dude <laughs> what about you forrest uh every time that i come across something else that i like i write it on my mirror and i've got so as i brush my teeth like every time i brush my teeth i read through all of them and it takes about that long to read through all of them um so it takes like two or three minutes to read all of these things on my on my mirror so a few moments are that um some of these are quotes. Some of them are just good things that I've come up with. Um, one of them is that there's there's no power in living by convenience. Um, you can't read about doing push-ups. <laughs> and uh, he who innovates last dies first. Hmm. Can't um, argue with any of those. So those are a few that. Yeah. And and you got to be choked out once in a while. Why don't you Why don't you add to those? Right. Pay somebody to choke you out every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's literally a good what it, one. You pay to get beat up. Yeah. Right on there, uh, add value and make friends and see how that changes your life. Add value and make friends. Yep. Yep. We have one of our, one of our Glensky. episode six. Yeah, he's like, if I, every day, if I add value and make friends, my day is complete. So we've kind of, we've coined that as our, uh, I guess, our show mantra, add value and make friends. So. I love it. Yep. Anything else? I mean, we've touched on GPR. That was awesome. I'm glad we talked about work-life balance. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about or get out there, Craig? Oh, be like Craig. That's be, the last. Be one. like Craig. That's that's the one that's in like six-inch tall letters on my mirror. Be like right Craig. on the mirror. It's yeah. right in the middle. Uh, right my wife's middle. getting annoyed because it's starting to creep into her side of the mirror. But I said, "Honey, this is be like Craig. I got to put it there." So. Anyway. Oh man, how about you, Craig? Anything else you want to get out there? No, you know, I want to say thanks to Forrest uh, for what he did with the, the consortium, the global consortium. Um, that was actually the first time to bring all people together from around the world. It had a huge impact on me personally, getting to talk to professionals. You know, I think I spent a lot of years, 14 years, heads down, just mm. working and surviving. And to reach out and hear from other individuals that it's, have done similar paths, you know, seeing where I rated on them that you know that my work was relevant uh meant a lot so yeah i wanted to tip my hat to forrest for that one you know it was a awesome. big success on his and uh i thanked him for that so very cool thank you craig yeah. that's kind of you to say you're 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 talking about the that gpr congress that we did about um two oh, gosh almost two months ago i played this little tiny role in it and bigman geophysical and infrastructure resources put this thing on and and the GPR consortium helped out with a little piece of it, but it was, it was a lot of fun. First time that something like that was, was done. And um, yeah, it got together a lot of people like guys with tons of experience, like Craig, uh, other guys with 
tons of experience, but also have like lots of letters, tons of letters after their name, like, like Jan Frankie and um, just international group. We had a lot of people on there, over 50 people. Nice. You know, it was the first time we ever did it. We had over 50 participants. It was great. Wow. That's great. It was a lot nice. of fun. That's great. Well, if there's anything we can yeah, do to help, help build that momentum, just let us know. Love to help out with that for sure. All right. Yeah, thank you. I believe that's it. Thank you again, guys. A great conversation. Are we going to put a bow on this one? Put a bow on it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's a wrap. Thanks again for listening and for your continued support. Check out our friends of the program, as many of them are now offering promos exclusively for Geoholics listeners. Feel free to send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com if you have any suggested topic ideas for a future Geoholics Anonymous episode. With over 39,000 listeners, this is an awesome platform to talk about whatever you're passionate about. As always, look for ways you can pay it forward, bank some good karma, be a good human, doesn't hurt, and remember, you get what you give. Until next time, everybody, stay safe and healthy. Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping, Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, nlcprep.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.